Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. When you're with your woman, are you afraid to get caught checking out other women? Is it confusing that a woman makes an effort to look beautiful, but you're a jerk if you get caught looking at her? And how can you admire a woman's beauty in a cafe without being creepy? Christiane Pelmas and David Bolt are here to continue the conversation on sexual attraction, beauty, your relationship, porn, art, and most importantly, how all of this impacts your power and fire for living. Welcome to The New Man. Today, we're talking with two people, Christiane Pelmas. She is a somatic sex educator and the founder at TheRewilding.com, and David Bolt. He's an artist and the creator of ModelSociety.com. Thank you both for talking today. Yeah. Thank you. Happy to be here to explore this a little further. So, we're talking about attraction. We're talking about turn on, and, and we're talking about appreciation for beauty, and particularly women. And uh, and so I wanted you both here because I I can't think of two other people that I know that that carry the flag for appreciating beauty, particularly around the body and sex. Um, what many consider to be the naughty bits. Um, so <laughs> what what is a guy missing when or when he stuffs or represses his attraction for women? What 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 is he cutting himself off from? Uh, his capacity to actually uh, live in the world as a whole, energized, vibrant, vital uh, human being, male, with access to, when, when, when we use the word sexual or uh, sexuality, sexual energy, for me, um, in my work, there's, there, I ask people to stop saying sexual energy because we have a duality in this culture that we have this sexual energy, and then we have this energy of um, that we take out into the world that is our, our work energy and our, our athletic energy. And in my experience, sexual energy is simply our generative or our creative energy. So if we, if we splice it off or if we deny aspects of it, we're actually denying our capacity to live fully in the world, which is denying our capacity to engage with our partners, denying our capacity to to know what we want and, and understand and have, a, have a, the uh, possibility of getting what we want. 
um, it's actually a, it's a it's a pretty big um, catastrophe to to have this duality of our sexual energy and then the rest of our energy. So somehow so the sex so somehow the sexual yeah. energy is different than our creative energy or just our desire to do whatever we want in the world. So to the, to the, what you're saying is to the degree that we cut off our sexual energy to you know if we get into that duality, then we're also minimizing our ability to go create and and do the things we love in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It's a clear shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, has that been your experience? Uh, it, 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 do you feel that allowing or opening the gates for your attraction for, for women and your appreciation for beauty is, is connected to your creative energy? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's sort of like my ability to show up in the world, you know, if I'm cutting off any part of myself, I'm not going to be fully expressed in, I think any area of my life. And, you know, there's another dimension too, which is just the appreciation of the world around us and not just around sex, not just around sexuality and attraction, but if I'm cutting off some aspect of my appreciation for anything in my world, I think it has a tendency to compromise. You know, if I, if I don't allow myself to be impacted by how I experience women, I might be shut down around how I experience a sunset. I I just Mm -hmm. think either our channels are open and flowing and, and we're, you know, we're sort of tra- like occurring is transparent, like clear water in our lives, or we're sort of blocked and murky and clouded. You know, I, I think this is really powerful because with the guys that I work with, a lot of them have muted their emotional experience, meaning that they're so exhausted by their job or they're so beat down by their, their some life situation. Like there's, there's this constant nagging feeling. And so they've just hit the mute button or they've turned the volume down. And then they somehow ex- ex- expect that they're going to recognize when the cool, exciting opportunity that comes along in their life or that they're, they're like, I want to still find my passion. It's like, well, passion's a feeling. And if you've muted your feeling, this thing could come out of the toilet and bite you on the ass and you wouldn't know it. And the, the same thing is what I'm hearing here is that if we, if we somehow cut off or imagine that our sexual energy is separate from this ability to feel and, and engage in the world, then we're we're turning off our ability to to live and find our passion and do the things that we really love and then ultimately feel satisfied and fulfilled by them. Is that what you're saying, Christiane? I am absolutely saying that. There's a danger here, though, because of the um, and we'll get to this, I'm sure, but because because of the split off uh, this this duality that our culture absolutely creates that um, demonizes or, um, vilifies sexual energy and the expression of sexual energy, it has gotten twisted, uh, in my experience. So what do you mean by that? That, that, that somehow it's okay. So sexual energy is over here. That's on that side of town. That's the dirty side of town. And and it gets absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Then in order to, um, explore what we think is our sexual energy, we go off into the world of the internet and we go off into the world of, of pornography or, other other avenues that are not that that are that have us feeling shamed, so that can have us feeling shamed, and that also um, that also dehumanize and disembody our experience. So we actually end up numbing ourselves. 
Well, let me, uh, so what does that mean? So a, a guy says, well, it's not okay for me to actually live in the world and, and have my uh, sexual energy. It's not okay to have this in the world. So I've got this other world over here that my, this one room in my house where I allow myself to experience that. And that may be through pornography, but then you're mm-hmm. saying that that's where um, a, a split starts to occur. And, uh, and, and it, what is the, paint the picture for me. What does that look like on the ground level? It looks like um, him disembodying his sexuality so that he has two lives. Um, he has the life that is him in the world and, you know, where he's getting all this stuff done and where he's either happy or not happy. Um, he has a wife, he has kids, he, whatever he is, he's single. Um, but then he has this other world that doesn't involve anything real for him. So it, it just heightens his, his, uh, his belief that his fullness is, is not welcome in the world, um, and it's fully welcome over here, but of course it's not real. So um, it, it's, it can be debilitating. All right. So if, if, he's, if he buys into this mindset that my quote-unquote sexual energy is not welcome in the world, it's not okay for me to, to feel my attraction for others or express it, and, and, but it is okay to go do it over here and I can dissociate, then, then he's got, he creates this world and then he comes up with a cool name like, uh, oh, I don't know, Carlos Danger. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So that's the, you know, that's, that's the picture we're painting here. That's how deep this thing can go. It can go down that road. What were you going to say, David? I, I just, I just want to add one piece. Cause I mean, thank you. You guys have got me on the edge of my seat and I'm loving this perspective. But my impression is that, um, that other world doesn't often actually occur as, as not okay in the real world and okay here in this sort of private closed off experience. Um, I think often when there's shame associated with it, even a even a man's internal experience of porn is often riddled with not okayness, even if he's keeping it private. Right, right, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it, and that's what I think that's what Christian was saying that you can't get enough of the thing that doesn't actually feed you. It's not really satisfying. It's not really fulfilling because of the messages um, that are coming in. All right, all right. So let's steer this thing around, uh, Christian. I just want to talk to you as a as a woman. And I know that you don't speak for all women, but you are a stone cold fox. So what is it like to be checked out by men when you're walking down the Pearl Street Mall and, and uh, rocking your thing? What's it, what is it like to, be, uh, to have men looking at you and checking you out? It's totally contextual. First of all, thanks for that compliment, Tripp. Um, <laughs> it, it's totally contextual and, uh, because it's so marvelous to be appreciated. Um, and I know so many women who can, who have, and myself included, who have a radar for the context of the appreciation. Um, so being, a, and I have to say that Europeans, for some reason, uh, and maybe you guys know why this is, but my experience with Europeans and how they check out, check me out, is really very different categorically than how Americans check me out. Um, so the, the context that feels deeply, um, that actually feels nourishing and validating is the context of literally just, I'm appreciating you in your, like as your whole self right there. You're just a hot woman. You inspire me. And that's it. Nothing attached. Um, and that's wild. That's a wonderful feeling. That's when all the human chemistry that is so in our favor is working for all of us. And anyone else who's around in that moment gets fed. 
because they can tell what's going on between two people who are checking each other out or, you know, a person who's checking somebody else out. So when is it's, it creepy and uncomfortable? When, there, when it feels like there's some sort of attachment or expectation, there's some way in which I'm supposed to then respond, respond that I'm supposed to have, um, that any expectation for my behavior after that is, uh, that there is any expectation for my behavior after that. And like what? Like like you would awkward. like? What do you mean by that? I don't know. I don't know if if I understand. Like so, a guy's eyeballing you from across a cafe, and you feel an expectation to what? To even, in fact, respond. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To even notice that he's doing it. To do in any way shift my course. To even nod in his direction. To anything. Just um, that for me, and and this is just my personal response. Um, I notice that I I I don't receive that as appreciation. I receive that as expectation. So, mm-hmm. so, so any sort of sense that I'm supposed to say, hey, you too, or, um, you know, change my movements a little bit to kind of give him a gift or here's a treat, um, anything like that turns it from something that just feels like, hey, this guy really appreciates me as a, as a, as a hot female and I just added to his, his sense of energy in himself. Um, anything that that is beyond that um, doesn't feel good. Is it only okay if if it's a desirable guy checking you out? Because I think that there's I think there's a story that some guys have is like, well, there's guys. It's okay because they've got the money or the the looks or some kind of appeal, and uh, that makes it okay. Uh, is it that, or is, or or do or do rich, good looking guys creep you out too? Oh yeah, it, for me, it's totally. It has. It's that's irrelevant. For me, it's the, it's the quality of the appreciation that allows, that has me knowing the quality of the man who's appreciating me. Mm-hmm. And it can be, I mean, it can be workmen who are sweaty and dirty and, you know, probably make 35 grand and it, if they're lucky and it could be um, hot men and jaguars. It could be anything. They, they can be anything. It's, it's the way that they hold their energy and the room that they give me to be who I am. Okay, because this the, the, so guys get confused by this. We we know that women put a lot of effort into their presentation. A lot of women do. Uh, they put yeah. a lot of effort to it, even not just a, a be presentable, but to be beautiful, to be at their at their best. And um, but then somehow, as guys, we're not allowed. And this is the script that we take on that we're not allowed to acknowledge this, to look at you and and smile and nod or. or just take you in. Um, do you do you see this with people you work with, or have you, have you you know? Can you talk about that a little bit? This this kind of like yeah, look at me, but don't look at me kind of signal that goes out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say as the the just the human female of me, and not the the um, you know the professional. Um, I I have dated so many men, and just men friends who don't who are terrified to offer any sense of appreciation for fear that they would objectify me. And it's, Oh, it's such a, it's such a um, bad state that men don't feel like they can hold doors for women. And that in some way it's turned into a situation where we might be, we might feel like we're being demeaned. Um, but also that, that men would, would feel like they're demeaning if they in any way honor women as something separate. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, and there's no easy answer. Um, but it absolutely is a um, a uh, you know a big big sadness. Yeah, is there something we could we could do to say okay, 
come from this place. If you are looking at a woman and you do find attraction for her and you're in the cafe or you're at the restaurant or wherever um, or the bar, like what what's a step in that direction so he can help kind of orient that like it's more this and yeah. less that? What would that be? Yeah, I can. Well, I'll tell you what I do, what I practice with men um, and we practice this in my in my work with men. Um that the first thing to know when you're looking at anything, as David said, when you're looking at a sunflower and you feel something, when you're in the sun, you're watching a sunset, you're uh, swimming in water, you're checking out a really gorgeous human being who's in the cafe next to you. Everything you feel has nothing to do, it's not theirs, it's yours. They're just inspiring it. So that's what we have this idea that, oh, that hot woman did something to me. Oh, it's her energy, and I'm feeling it. But it's not. It's it's ours. Whatever we feel belongs to us. So to have that, to, to own that back and acknowledge that whatever is happening because I'm standing in the presence of this other person, actually, I'm going to take this with me. And I can, t- I can choose to take it with me when this person leaves, and I can even cultivate it again without this person. They are just a marvelous inspiration in this moment. So we, so we practice um, feeling the inspiration, feeling the drive, feeling even like, wow, I want to, I want to, I want to put that person on the ground right now and fuck them. Yeah. Um, all that, that's yours. So feel it, notice it, really feel it in your body. Don't put it on them. Keep it, keep it here. Keep it. Keep it in you and ramp it up. Whoa, this is like, check this out. Check out this energy. This woman is turning me on. You know, she's like the perfect woman. She's amazing. And I'm feeling so turned on. I'm feeling turned on. And then, and then to keep it really clean and to also keep the energy for yourself so you can use it for whatever you want to use it for. Then you just say to yourself, or you can even say to the, to your, to the woman, thank you you know what? Thank you. You are so gorgeous and I am appreciating you and you just inspired me. And walk away. It helps me to understand what this thing where it's not about her then because some guys are are uncomfortable with that energy. They're uncomfortable with that because it's just intense. They don't know what to do with it. We trained ourselves since a young age to get rid of sexual energy. It's like, oh, I got to ejaculate as fast as possible. So beautiful woman walks in, Woo, I start to feel this energy and now it's like she is the solution. And now I start to see exactly. this expectation like she's the solution. She's going to be the thing that that gives me relief and if I don't get relief then it's it's her. Like there's something in it like Ugh, and we get into that that kind of a thing versus wow, you know, now I'm charged up with this energy. This is my energy. This is nothing to it's not her responsibility. It's not her thing to do anything about or or for me. Um, and, and just appreciate it and enjoy it. And then if you want to share that appreciation, you want to share that acknowledgement or that gratitude, that, that's what feels, uh, more right. Is that what you're saying? That's what feels, that's what has me really able to receive the appreciation in a way that feels safe. Okay. Um, and in a way that feels like I, I have anything to do with it. You know, that there is, that, that there's some sort of reciprocity that might go on there. Um, and that nothing's being expected of me. Okay. All right. Well, let's switch gears here um, because if a guy is in a relationship and he's having feelings and he notices his attraction for other women, 
Um, I, I've talked to guys and they don't even realize it. And I was in this place too. It surprised me that somehow that means that uh, my partner is not up to snuff or, or, or something's wrong there, but it's not okay for me to basically appreciate another woman's beauty. And a lot of guys just like take it as law. My head does not turn when that other woman walks by. So I want to help, you know, that's just like, this is a minefield for him. Like he's, when he's with her, when he's with his woman, there are no other women on the planet and that's the, the role that he plays. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that a, is that a healthy, strong way to create relationship where the guy acts like there's no other women on the planet? Uh, I can't imagine that that's a healthy way to be. No, um, no, uh, because I think both, you know, both the woman and the man know that's not true. And, um, and, and here's where we just get into that each couple, I really hope each couple takes time to um, talk about how, where their insecurities are so they can take care of each other so that you know, there's not going to be one pat answer of like, yes, check women out um, or check them out together. And this can be a fun date night, you know, but no, it's so unhealthy to, um, it's for this, we we're come full circle in our conversation that, Anytime we have um, an impulse toward a generative, to, in our generative energy, and we and we uh, we stifle it, we're stifling our generative energy, and it doesn't just happen in that scenario. As David said, we're making it possible to stifle our generative energy, our creative energy. Period. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not good. So let's say this guy, he's, he's, he's right with his, uh, with his attraction. He's owning it. And his partner is threatened, obviously, because that's what we're talking about here. And, and yeah. she may want him in the short term to, stif- to stuff it, repress it, turn that energy off, hide it. It's bad. I don't want to know about it. Um, hide it from me. But it sounds like that's going to diminish her. I'm, I'm imagining that's where her trust is actually diminished in him. It's got a, it's got a, you know, a short-term gain for a long-term uh, uh, harm, you know, it's harmful in the long-term. So is there, do you work with couples with this where, where to help them start to navigate this terrain where she can manage her uh, fear and, and of being threatened by other women and his attraction for them? Absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a process for, and this happens for men as well. The women who, I mean, we're really learning more and more now, especially with a book like what do women want, really want, that have just come out that women have just as much lust and desire as men. We, we manage it differently and it looks different. So we can convince ourselves that men are the only ones who are checking everybody out and having all these fantasies. And it's just not true. Um, so it's true with both ways. Um, and what has to happen in my experience, personal and professional is that, um, that, that care has to be taken that if energy goes out over there, we have to make sure energy goes out over here. And so it's not just a matter of, well, now I have free reign to just check everybody out. Well, I've got I've to gotta bring it home. I've got to make sure that I'm appreciating and attending and giving just as much energy. And in my, actually in my world, what I, what I counsel my couples to do is more, more energy here by whatever factor feels right for the couple then goes out over there so that the woman feels free, really free to, to know that her husband is a full man in the world. This is actually a point of turn-on for a lot of women once they relax into it and once their man really learns how to do the appreciating business, the energy process Right. with her is that because he's choosing her every time, and that is a turn-on. That's a primary turn-on for women is my man is a 
stud in the world. He's like a stallion. Check him out checking out all these women, but check him out checking me out. And, and, and check out how he comes back to me and how much energy comes to me. And that's beautiful when that happens. That's just a right relationship all around. You know what I found is that I, I, I love that. And it's, I, I think it's so great to hear this. I, I'm just imagining all the guys that are out there like, oh, thank God. You know, they don't have to hold this posture anymore if they want to choose to go into this. But I, I, I tell the guys that there's content and then there's connection. There's the content mm-hmm. of what she's saying, which is don't look at other women or don't do this or don't do that. Or, but it's really, are you paying attention to the quality of the connection? Because if you're maintaining that connection, so many other things are now available. And if, if he's not connected to her, if he's not paying attention to whether they are, are strengthening their connection, then yes, everything will be a threat. Your, your boy's night out, your weekend away doing this, your work, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the content is because it's really about the connection. So strengthen that connection and you'll find that, because a lot of guys get confused like, well, she didn't like me hanging out with my guy friends. And then a year later, it's like, why aren't you hanging out with your guy friends? It's like, that's not, it's not about your guy friends. It's about connection. She's wanting that. So pay more attention to the connection, um, grow that, cultivate that. And then this is where the, the appreciation can, can, for other women can, can have more freedom and, and uh, uh, less uh, consequences, negative consequences in the relationship. Is that fair to say? Is that jive with you, Christian? Yeah, totally. It makes so much possible. It makes so much possible. Like, honestly, I'll even say, like, it makes your wildest dreams possible if you can do that. All right. All right. I love it. Now, let's move on, because this is where we get David back into the conversation, which is <clears throat> around this idea of of appreciating. It's one thing to appreciate the, the woman in the room, and now we're now it's about appreciating this idealized beauty. We're looking at things where images online uh, things that have been manipulated to look a certain way. And nonetheless, we have, it, it, it provokes energy in us. It's like, wow, now I'm feeling more turned on. I'm feeling more energetic after looking at, at these images. But the impact goes both ways. Let's see, let's say that she sees these idealized images and she chooses, I'm going to say it's a choice to beat herself up. She She feels that she doesn't measure up to that. Um, I don't want to paint her as powerless because I think that's insulting to to that to all women but um but nonetheless when we're bombarded with these uh manipulated idealized images that are used to sell things um it can have an impact and and then on the other level guys can be impacted when they start to believe that this manipulated shit is real that this is what they need to be like oh i need to have a girl that looks like this and if i don't have a girl that looks like this then i'm somehow a loser it's an extension of his low self-esteem so, um, but then he's out in the world unconsciously looking for this, for this unreal image. And um, so anyway, I just, I just want to talk a, a little bit about this because David, you create idealized beauty, you celebrate idealized beauty. And Christiane, I know that you fly a flag for, for protecting women and wanting to have more of a healthy thing. So Christiane, what are your thoughts around idealized beauty, whether, you know, on one end of the spectrum, it's this it's this stuff that's used for commercial reasons on the others. It can be um, thought of as art, but who really gets to, s- to decide whatever it, w- one or the other is? Because the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But Christiane, I wanted to give you the floor here to just kind of talk about that a little bit. What's your perspective as a woman on guy, you know, us appreciating all of us getting, getting hung up in this idealized beauty? Um. Yeah, I would love to just start by saying it's almost, it's really irrelevant in my world, whether we're going to call it art or porn, 
the relevance is what the effect is on us of viewing whatever it is. Um, what's the effect of the chemical effects? Because that, that's actually where I go here. What's the effect of what I, what I call monocropping, um, the, the, uh, our perception of what is beautiful? So when we see the same type of woman over and over again, that just that's where we get this narrow idea of what beautiful is. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And so much feeds into it. In my, in my experience, truncates the man's potential and truncates his, his, his um, neuters, his, his potential for his own pleasure and happiness. What do you mean by that? How, how, do, how do these idealized images of, of women uh, cut him off or minimize his, um, this in him? Well, it's probably all the same thing, but I, I'm, I want to say two things. First of all, um, it, it, it uh, literally narrows the field of subjects that will turn him on. It, he literally, his vision is occluded. Um, so that whereas 50 years ago, you know, a given man might look around in a cafe and see that 10 out of 20 women really turn him on of all shapes and sizes, but they've got particular things that turn him on. Now you could take that same man who's been, um, who's been, whose vision and sexuality has been domesticated to only um, have a turn on response to a specific type of beauty. Um, he literally, he'll go into that same cafe and now only three of those women or one of those women or none of those women will turn him on because they don't exist in the real world. Most it's making his world smaller. I love that you brought this up because I had an experience when I was younger and I went to a foreign country and I had my preference of what I liked in women and what I thought women, you know, the women that I was attracted to. And I went to this country and it was full of women that were not of that preference. But by about the sixth or seventh day, my preference had changed. I was now like, ooh, her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just through even just that short a period of time, and I had a lot more testosterone in my, in my blood at that time. But I noticed that I started finding beauty and seeing beauty and that my, my brain had shifted preferences in a very short period of time. I think it's cool that you brought that up because I, I, hadn't, I hadn't remembered that. I love that. In my world, I, I call that rewilding. Rewilding. All right. Well, David, uh, let's chime in here. Jump in. What What are your thoughts here uh, around this? Are you Are you on the same page, or do you see something different? Well, you know, I'm, it's funny. I'm 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 loving so much what I'm hearing, and I'm on the same page with a lot of it. But uh, you know, I get a little afraid of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And you know, when I hear that, you know, the, the the context of art or porn, there's not really a difference. What just comes up for me is, is the difference of the, um, the intention of the people that are creating these images and just being associated with so many artists and photographers and models. You know, I'm connected to a community that's just deeply inspired by the celebration of human beauty um, from a place of no shame. So whereas, you know, porn might be triggering a man's attraction response to then go into the shadows to experience it, you know, art like Michelangelo's David or the Venus de Milo or even just the photography or artwork that's being created by contemporary, you know, creatives is, is here to transmit something else, which is often uh, a celebration and a, a shame-free experience of, of a, you know, like a way to savor um, what moves us or what impacts us in our bodies and a way to do it in sort of in the light of day and without shame. And so is it really about, well, it's okay for me to appreciate art if I, if I research this guy, the artist, and I understand where he's coming from, 
then I then I'm allowed to have my attraction. Um, what's I'm trying to help the guy navigate this, um, so that he under he has a better understanding of of whatever it is, or is it like it's out the window and it's just you know, I, I, it turns me on or it doesn't. Well, look, it might be subtle and it might be not, right? I get that there's some instances where a new female figure on a couch could occur as sort of dirty and exploitive. And there's other instances where a nude female on the couch could actually just occur as as elegant, as beautiful, and even deeper as a portal into, you know, appreciating her individual humanity more deeply and, and humanity in general more deeply. And, and I don't know who gets to decide that this picture goes in that category and this picture goes in another category, but I will say that these things exist very differently. And while there might be some confusion towards the center, um, there's definitely extremes and there's beautiful, immaculate inspired art that just truly is arising from joy and arising from appreciation and arising from a, a place of shared humanity. And even if the, the figure is, I'll call it um, creatively idealized. It's not intended to shame anybody. It's not intended to manipulate anybody, but is arising from a single human spirit as a celebration of something. And, you know, a great example is Michelangelo's David, which is, you know, creatively idealized, but is sort of just a testament to uh, the human, the human body in, in the peak of its athletic bloom. And, and I would, I would hate to lose that. I would hate to, to um, not only lose it, but but to shame it. Uh huh. Well, these idealizations seem to obviously change throughout time. And what Christiane is saying that if we get too locked onto these idealizations, then we miss the other opportunities. To, we train ourselves to then dismiss the other the other opportunities to see beauty around us. On your site, Model Society, is it is it? I love that you say like, "Hey, I want to celebrate." The 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 feet the form in full beauty that there's a preference. I want to see this woman at such and such age and and in such and such shape. Does it um is is that I think that's where we're getting where the challenge is here is that we've got a preference here and that somehow um, by celebrating that preference of being in full bloom that we're closing the door on the other opportunities for beauty. What do you what do you have to say about that preference for that? That, that young figure that is in a, you know, a certain weight class? Well, I, you know, I will, I will say that at Model Society, while we often see, um, you know, a certain type of athletic, youthful figure, that there's more there. You know, you'll see images of, of, of old people and you'll see a wide variety of figures and it's not most. And, and, that, and I'll just say it's not most not because we're curating uh, editorial perspective, but because we're just making a place for creative people to bring forth what is inspiring them. And you do find that, that, you know, as, as Christiane was suggesting, sort of our, our, the way I'll put it is sort of our mating chemistry, which is a deep urge to, to, to bring more awareness into the universe by procreating you know, is wired towards certain survival value and health values. And there, I mean, there are things in our biology that, that, you know, I, I want to see us make room for as well. That, that just like, um, you know, in, in romance novels, for example, which, which some people humorously refer to as, as chick porn, you know, the, the, the male characters seem to be consistently resonating with a kind of archetype, a kind of strong male archetype. And they're generally 
fit and and they're 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 leaders and they're strong and they're they're large and they're dominant and I don't know if this is romance industry hypnotizing women into a certain ideal or if it's a certain type of you know an archetype that's resonating deep in our biology well let's bring the let's bring the responsibility back to the listener then Mm-hmm. All this stuff's out there. No one can govern whatever David can make or any of the artists can create on uh, on on model society. And who would want to? Well, <laughs> unless you're the government or the <laughs> the church. But but yeah, I don't want anybody saying what they can and can't make. Um, but mm-hmm. but to put it back into the res- the responsibility of the listener, if he's if he is is I the thing that I'm getting is like be conscious of what you're looking at and be conscious of the impact that it's having on you. If you're buying, if you enjoy these idealized images, are you aware if they are uh, impacting your ability to then be with other women or to appreciate beauty in other women, or, or is your world getting more and more narrow? in terms of what you're attracted to because you're enjoying these images or not. I just want to, I don't, I, I don't think we can have this, this, this conversation has been going on for centuries. So, but I think what we can do is, is bring it back to the guy that's listening and, and help him see, are you conscious of that? A, that you're looking at these idealized images that you're, that you're watching fake sex or that you're watching, uh, or you're looking at images that have been doctored and, and stretched and pulled in, in, in uh, Photoshop or uh, that in realizing that these are this is not real they can be appreciated but it's not real so are you are and are you aware that this may be impacting how you see real women in the world i'm talking about ones that we can touch and and, and talk to in the world so d- d- can we agree on that david well i i mean i hear you making a, a great point I, you know i often hear in response to culture sort of and understandably so we're you know we're bombarded as you had put it earlier but there's often a kind of a victim approach to, you know, I'm being hypnotized in a way that I don't like. And it almost seems like a plea to be hypnotized differently. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that, you know, like as much as we, our psychology is shaped by culture, culture is shaped by our psychology. So there's sort of this constant co-arising. And, you know, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be leveraging certain kinds of images to manipulate us into purchases if it didn't work. And so the opportunity, I think, is for us to to grow um, in, as individuals. Like when you said, let's put the responsibility on the listener, it is on each one of us to liberate our experience of beauty and our experience of sexuality and our experience of the world to reclaim it from commercial culture. And that's really the only hope we've got of commercial culture shifting is for something else to work when they want to sell it to us. Uh, otherwise... I think that we can complain all day and nothing's going to change. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think, I think the, the opportunity is for us as individuals to, to continue, continually reclaim. And even when I hear the term rewilding, like every time you say it, I get excited because it occurs like a return to our true nature. It, it like mm-hmm. a return to sort of, sort of waking up from the hypnosis and just settling back into what's authentically true for me. Um, sexually and and around beauty and appreciation and shame and to, to clear all those channels. There's something about rewilding that I really appreciate, especially in reference to culture. Christian, what do you what do you think about this idea of putting the responsibility back on on the guy who's listening to this to to kind of clarify what he's looking at and how it how he's going to choose how that impacts his world? I love the and I what I hear you both talking about basically is 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 
um, reclaiming my own actions. I love the idea of, you know, standing, putting myself in front of an image or men putting themselves in front of an image and really allowing it to have its full impact and, and really becoming aware of the impact and then asking themselves and noticing over time, is this, is this making me bigger and more beautiful in the world or is it actually diminishing me? And it doesn't matter what the image is. If the answer is the first, it's making me bigger, then it's wonderful. By, by virtue of that, it's, it's, um, it is subversive in all the right ways. Whatever the image is, I feel confident that that's true. Oh, I love that. I love that idea of just just taking responsibility of your own experience. And, and does this make me stronger? Does this make me bigger? Or is this weakening me? Is this making my world smaller? I think that's a, a, a pretty simple way to to uh, to look at that. And, and, and guys, you got to pay attention to this. There's no, I, I love what David said. We don't want a victim mentality here. This is not happening to us or at us. Uh, it's our choice to, to, to figure out what we want to do as we, um, as these images come into our lives. So, uh, I'm psyched you guys were, were able to come and talk today. This was this was great. I think we're just scratching the surface, but um, I wish I was able to hear this years and years ago. It would have opened my world and strengthened me and, and helped me be bigger then. Um, you can learn more about Christiane Pelmas by visiting therewilding.com, and you can learn more about David Bolt at modelsociety.com and davidbolt.com. That's Bolt with two L's. Christiane, David, thank you so much. Wow. Thanks. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.